It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Darla from Centos. Oh, thank goodness you're here. We have so much to do. I need fire extinguishers, right? We'll place them for you and be out for regular inspection. Great. And what about my new hires? We'll get them into uniforms and keep them looking sharp. What about this first aid cabinet? Fully stocked. It wasn't this morning. It is now. And so are the restrooms. Wow. Centos really seems to know what we need. You said it. Oh, I'm ready. Learn how Centos can help you get ready for the workday. Visit Centos.com. Rams Nation, welcome back. This is Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. Well, it's our Tuesday edition of Locked On Rams, and we've got a special guest, as always, every week that joins me. It's my main man from Rams Podcast, James Kroger. James, welcome back, and thanks Thank for coming. You. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great, Bear. Thanks for having me on once again. Appreciate it. Yeah, you're kind of stuck with us. <laughs> you're, uh, it's a Am two- I committed to the Tuesday episode? You are. You're, right. It's a two-for-one. Two-for-one Tuesdays. All right. That's um, okay with me. Yeah, well, thanks for coming back, man. We got a bunch of stuff to get to. Uh, Yesterday, I kind of recapped the NFL. I went over all of that touchy political stuff. Um, And then I got into our Rams, did a couple sound bites, flashing back to last week. We had some really awesome highlights. Want to get into a couple quick things here right off the bat. Uh, We had the Sean McVay show today that we listened to, and he kind of went over some injury reports. He kind of talked to us a little bit about the game. We'll get into that. But right off the bat, I want to update you guys uh, with some of the injury updates. Our man Joyner, who was hurt, uh, I think it was a hamstring. Yep. Uh, he also, I mean, he, it's it's an important role for us. I mean, he's playing the safety and the nickel position. So when he went out early, we were a little nervous. Uh, but he is still day-to-day. Uh, McVeigh said he's not too worried about him. He hoped he can get healthy. He's in uh, treatment all this week, and hopefully we'll get him back in practice uh, and we'll see him this week down in Dallas. So nothing of major concern there, uh, but a little banged up. And then we had uh, Tavon and Watkins in the concussion protocol. I think he said that Tavon was running some drills today, and um, I may have heard that wrong. I don't know if you heard that, but I think he was running some drills, but they're still being precautions with both those guys they still need clearance as far as uh to get into physical contact so again another day-to-day situation which uh watching the sammy watkins play mcveigh even said himself he didn't really see the impact or see the concussion right away and when he came off the field obviously they had to address him they, they took him into the tent and yeah, did that well i was immediately concerned because um you know right now Goff has a perfect pass rating with watkins and we all know the contributions those two had in the last game. So I was pretty concerned about Watkins, if anybody, going off that field. Last definitely, week, so. definitely, especially with the performance that he's coming off. We need we, we need and want him back in the lineup and healthy. So uh, he kind of listed those guys as day-to-day, so hopefully those guys come back and come back strong. And then our center, big John Sully. Mm. John Sullivan uh, went out with a groin about, I think, maybe late third quarter-ish. Yeah. Um, and... McVeigh said, again, another day-to-day guy. Uh, the thing that he loves about him is that he's a veteran guy that said, you know, if he misses practice all week, he knows how to prepare himself and get ready for games and that he can be plugged into the lineup last minute and not miss a beat. So they're 
still again day to day with basically everybody but but you know we got Blythe Austin who's right behind him filled in great it's the leader of that offensive line in the center role uh, and he, he did great. He, he stepped in on moment's notice and, and finished the game strong for us. Didn't really disable us in any way. So if we can't go John Sullivan, uh, we got Austin in the back up there. So your immediate concerns here, Bear, I mean, I don't think we're concerned about Tavon, but, you know, he, he hasn't had the biggest impact in this game. So are you more concerned about Sullivan, who's there to protect Goff, or Sammy, who we all know uh, Goff's been... You know, favoriting for a while. Are you making me pick and choose right now? I sure am. Who's your favorite son? <laughs> um, you know, that's that's a tough one, man. I would, I almost would say, um, you know, I'm gonna say our center John Sullivan because he's he's the quarterback of the offensive line. And looking at Dallas and their defensive line, um, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I I kind of agree with you. I'd be a little concerned going. And with into the Dallas. weapons, the extra weapons that we have, I mean, if if Watkins, if we need to sit him an extra week, and which I I don't think we will have to, but if we did, or if he was a little banged up, uh, we've got a, a deep core there now, which is just still, as I say it, I'm like, we have a deep core at the wide receiver position. Yeah, yeah I think that would probably be our bigger threat. Is you know protecting Goff so he can get it to those playmakers would be. Key number one. Yeah, we all know Goff has more options, obviously, at the wide receiver position, but John Sullivan doesn't come around the corner very often. So I, I totally agree. That's my biggest concern is continuing to allow Goff to have that confidence um, behind the line because it's kind of funny when you look at that situation because we were talking over social media a couple days ago, right. and it's almost like Goff tends to favorite his current receiver in the situation. Last game, he was hitting Watkins and Woods, the two Bills guys, ex-Bills. Um, and then we look at game one against the Colts, and he was just all about Cup and Everett. So he kind of decides on uh, you know his two guys for the game, it seems like. Yeah, and McVeigh kind of touched on that today when he was talking. They asked him... You know, what impact would happen if, uh, you know, Watkins didn't play and, and how they changed from week two, week one and two to week three, where basically Watkins got the same amount of targets in week three that he did the first two weeks combined. And McVeigh kind of said, it depends on the scheme. And if you watch the Redskins mm. in past, they were, and I go to this because fantasy is an easy way to judge it, but fantasy-wise, it was tough to pick a running back or a wide receiver in the McVeigh offense before because it changed weekly. Depend on scheme, depend on who they're playing. He talked about it as well as far as reads for Jared Goff and how he went down properly from one, two, three, hit different people, and it's gonna change per game. So, and that's yeah. the that's the dangerous thing that people have to scheme against us defensively is going. All right, we've got the two rooks, right? We got Cup. And Everett, and then we've got the two veterans of Woods and Watkins, and then Tavon, who I don't think the, the league really knows what we're doing with them because we're still trying to figure out what we're doing with them. And it's hard to scheme against all those guys. So if you want to put energy towards certain people, McVeigh's just a brilliant play design. And we've, we talked about that in our Rams podcast of a couple of the plays that were just brilliantly designed to set our players up in position to succeed. And that's what happens weekly basis. So this week was Woods and Watkins. Earlier in the season, it was Cup and Everett. So it's going to be interesting to see who week four, matchup-wise, against this Dallas defense that's playing right behind us right now, mm-hmm. uh, how, who, who the go-to guy is going well, to be. Well, I love – isn't that exciting, though, that we don't really know what the scheme's going to look like offensively? Because, you know, we take a look at last year, and it was basically like, well – 
we either go to Gurley or we try to toss the ball up in the air. Now, <laughs> it's like which group of receivers is Goff going to choose? Um, you know, we chatted a lot back to the Sammy Watkins situation. We, you know, he didn't touch the ball. Uh, in the beginning, the first two games very much because he was that distraction. Everybody thought we were constantly going to him. So, you know, he was getting double teamed and he was lining up on the opposite side of the field and we were tossing the ball uh, away from him. So it's, you know, it seems like it should be a big worry. Hey, our quote, quote, number one wide receiver um, is under concussion protocol. But we have, like you just mentioned, a very, very open offense and it doesn't mean anything. Exactly. It's it's nothing. And he mentioned McVay uh, today talking about Tavon is still a big part of our offense and kind of how he had an impact on the game. And there were still, I mean, obviously me and you are on Twitter and there was a lot of, a uh, lot of Tay hate on Twitter. <laughs> Tay hate. Tay hate on Twitter. And I, I understand. New hashtag. I understand it. I mean, you were paying a guy a lot of money. You want to see the production from him, but uh, we're using him in other areas. And McVeigh said, you know, he was still really excited about the potential and getting him fully healthy. I mean, he's still coming off of that injury and just trying to get into game shape. Yeah. Uh, and you could see that he was finally getting there with his burst of speed when he hit the corner, almost hit that pylon for the touchdown. But he, he kind of credited one of Todd Gurley's big runs of 28 yards to Tavon as well because he said that was the jet sweep, the fake jet sweep that they had to account for. Yeah. And anytime they see him go in motion, they're looking, going, where's this guy going to go? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, you look out at our offense with the young Jared Goff behind center, who's playing a lot better underneath center, by the way. Uh, you know, last year it was all a lot of shotgun, and people gave him knocks for not getting under center. He's playing really well under center this year. Um, but he's got a lot of options to go to, which is exciting. Yeah, and, you know, he, he went through all of college only hitting the shotgun. And, you know, back to that jet sweep situation in, in, in Austin and where he kind of fits, that's another aspect of this offensive scheme where how often in the first two games did we run that jet sweep and not actually give Tavon the ball? And then we actually ended up giving it to him later on. So you, you actually don't know if, if McVay's going to pull yeah. that out of his back pocket or not. It's funny. We were talking when we were watching the game, and, and they probably did the fake like three or four times. And you're like, why are they doing that? And then right after that, there he goes for the, the big pickup. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, it, it is. It's all about setting that play up, and it's about setting up both ways, you know, for, for the girly run, like McVay said, and also for Austin when he gets it. So, um, well, I know that, you know, as we're kind of breaking down, you hit me with a really fun stat right off the bat there. Stat uh, off the bat. Stat off the bat from James. <laughs> uh, and you're my stat guy. If, if you're not listening on Rams Podcasts, uh, I'm the emotional... Uh, I'm going to vent for a while. I'm going to talk about something. And James is, you know, let me tell it to you straight. Let me give you some stats. So I know you've had a, a really fun time over this past, uh, what, where we are, like last week since we've played almost, mm-hmm. it feels like, uh, to collect a bunch of fun stats about where our offense was and where we're at now and some cool things. So you want to just take it away with some some stats, some LA yeah, Rams well, stat count. You're all about the emotion bear, and I'm, you know, the data doesn't lie to me. And you know, looking at some of these stats I was putting together before our chat today, it's one of those things where if you would have read these off to me before the season started, I would not have believed you. Right, you've been like Tom Brady. Of course, he's having a great year. Yeah, <laughs> but dude, I mean, it's just it's what a turnaround we're looking at, and you know, it's not this. You know, some people may look at the Rams with some disrespect still and think it's this sort of fluke, but we're producing. Jared Goff is confident 
um, you know, back there. So a few things I want to lay out there for you guys when it comes to the stats, and you can't argue against this. We all saw Tom Brady's game this week against Houston, but Jared Goff actually is beating him in this category. Uh, Goff is the only quarterback averaging over 10 yards per attempt. Tom Brady is obviously biting at his heels right behind him at 9.93 uh, overall, but Goff is just a hair over 10 point. Oh, two is the exact Which number. is crazy because week two we were begging him to throw it down the field yeah. and still he ranks above 10-yard average per attempt at 10.02. So week one and week three, he's really pushed the ball down the field. Week two is one of those weird games where McVay said he got a little away from the game plan. But in general, they're, they're letting Goff throw it down the field and he's throwing with success. Yeah, we all saw that uh, Goff, when it came to the 20-plus yard passes week one, he was the number one, had the number one QBR. So going into week two against the Redskins at home, you know, I think that was just kind of a funky in a game we can maybe talk about in a bit, uh, the Redskins versus Oakland game. I think you touched on it uh, yesterday. But, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of came back into week three with, with those some of those impressive numbers. Speaking of, um, the Rams have uh, the highest-scoring team currently in, F- in the NFL at 107 points, which... Unless this Dallas-Arizona uh, game just really picks up. Scores like 900 gonna, points. Yeah. yeah, it looks like we're going to maintain that number. Whoop, whoop. Um, when it comes to yardage, we all know that last year the Rams were one of the lowest overall uh, offensive productive uh, teams. Right now we have 1,135 total yards through week three, which is the most the Rams have had since... 2001. Mm. You remember those years? I was in high school. Remember I remember those, those years. years. The that was the show on turf yeah. wasn't around back then. I was in high school. So man. we're was... saying those 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 uh, words again. Um, Goff currently has the third highest QBR rating according to PFF. Um, James, while you're mentioning PFF, guys, don't forget to leave a comment on the iTunes. Enter your Twitter name, and you're gonna win a free subscription to. Pro Football Focus. Yeah, you got to win. We're going to pick one. So want to just quick drop that down there. You guys have been doing really good job on leaving reviews. We're going to be picking that winner very soon. I actually talked to the guys over at Pro Football Focus. They're picking it now. They're going to let you reach out and let you know. Thought that was a nice little segue there, James. You didn't mean to do that, but Thank thanks. You. And I, get... I'm sorry I haven't left you a review yet. Do I, do I qualify? No. I mean, yeah, you qualify, but go leave me a review, man. All right. Just be like, he's going to be like, oh, the guy that joins him. James Crowder Yeah, the guy that joins him weekly is the best. <laughs> Only listen on Tuesdays. Uh, okay, <laughs> keep this going. Yeah. So Jared Goff in the red zone. Um, this is something that has massively impressed me because you know the red zone. There's a different. There's a different level of defense in the red zone. You're limited as far as um, the field. So Goff uh, in the red zone, 11 for 11. Wow. Five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 137.3 passer rating. How do you feel about that? Say it again now, James. 11 for 11, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 137.3 passer rating. <clears throat> Dude. For, I mean, I keep saying that. I feel like Jared Goff's a rookie. He got six games or whatever it was last year. He's a rookie. He's like, he's a rookie with McVay. Um, But yeah, he got his little bit of taste last year. But for a young quarterback in the red zone, Mm -hmm. and you're putting up those type of numbers, 11 for 11, five touchdowns, zero interceptions, 137.3 passer rating. Are you kidding me? Yes, please. I know there's a lot of haters out there. Uh, that may jump on this podcast and go, oh, well, they played the Colts, the Redskins, and the Niners. And it's like, you know what? The Redskins played great, uh, uh, pulled out a big win against the Raiders, who everyone, I talked about this, who everyone thinks is going to the Super Bowl. Um, (laughs) The Niners really changed their whole team within a week when we played them. And the Colts have bounced back with their, you know, as they've moved directions in their quarterback. But 
It's an NFL football game. Professionals line up against professionals, and he is not messing up in the red zone. And I think that's a tip of the cap to Jared Goff. Well, let's remember this, too. I mean, before the Redskins game, we saw the the uh, reports that said Kirk Cousins had given uh, McVay a jersey before the game and basically told him that I owe you my career. Wow. I know. And I'm glad you said that because I didn't get to mention that before, and I saw that. And that's pretty awesome. Well, I hope that Jared Goff does the same thing i think with this turnaround he, he should give him a jersey already and we talked about this off air but just kind of the the general poise of jared goff yep. and I, I mentioned earlier in this episode but under center last year was like all right put him in the gun let him do what he has to do and that's the best opportunity for him but it really adds to the the strength or the threat of him that now they have to watch him under center it really builds that play action obviously as they're you know if he's under center um, you know that the danger of is he going to hand it off or keep it when he's in shotgun? He's reading the offense. He had a little bit of a struggle in week two, and he still does throughout throughout the game, uh, staring down receivers. But if you if you really pay attention in week three, he got better hitting different reads. I mean that Sammy Watkins touchdown the end where he got the concussion. That was his third read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Watkins did a lot of the business after it, but he looked left, he looked short, he looked middle, got him the ball, and we scored. Yeah. And, and and that's just going to pay off as he gets more and more experience, and that's McVeigh just sitting there working with him. We got a guy who um, I believe we mentioned on the show, but when our defense takes the field, McVeigh goes and sits down on the corner by the you know water bucket and he starts drawing up, and he's doing his offensive thing, and he is so focused on getting this offense and this young quarterback up to speed and at an elite level. That it shows, and it shows right now with these stats that you're doing. So if you got some more, bring it, James. Well, you know, you just mentioned all the adjustments, and I think before I get into another stat, like that is one thing that we're noticing as far as the difference between last year's team and this year's team as the adjustments we're making. Goff, you mentioned he that was his third read. Well, we look at how we played against the Redskins. Goff basically had one read per play. Um, he was staring down the person he wanted to throw to, most notably Cup at the end of the game. But he, he did that all game long, and he adjusted uh, when we faced San Francisco and was checking down Negrilli a lot, which is kind of a practice when you're a quarterback, is check directly to your running back. But how great is it that Gurley, you know, Goff, uh, moving away from the shotgun a bit, being behind the center, that Gurley's just this whole additional threat now that we have this this huge offensive line. So um, we'll get into it too, but Robert Woods, talk about adjustments from week two to week three. Um, you know, that's just something this team is working on. They're adjusting, and that's shown on paper. Um, speaking of paper, I have a few more for you, Bear, Woo! if you have the time. Um, I'm here. One more thing. Uh, talk about Goff, you know, getting the ball down the field. 42% of Goff's passes have gone for first downs, and that's second in the in the NFL right now. Mm. So, um, you know, he's and that not- was the thing we really struggled with last year. Obviously, we saw that because Johnny Hecker was setting NFL records with punting inside the twenty yard line with like it felt like nine hundred punts inside the twenty. Yeah. Uh, so first downs were a struggle for us last year. So to a lead lead or be in the top of that category in second is just. Well, who would have thought that Goff would be dancing around with Brady and Matt Ryan uh, and Stafford on some of these stats? I mean, you you look at some of these names, and we're looking at pro football focus every single day. Um, You know, you see these names, and then Goff's just randomly in the mix. Yeah. Wait, wait, is that? Wait, like our Goff? Yeah. Is that that our Jared? Uh, Yeah, so... Um, last stat is there is a 100% chance that I am out of stats. Ooh, nice. 100%. <laughs> one. Well, you. I see your stat, and I raise you a stat. I wanted okay. to hold on to one to see if you'd take it, 
and you didn't, so I'm going to hit it with you. And it goes into kind of what you're talking about, with the, which is our explosive L.A. Rams offense. And right now, uh, as far as plays that are 20-plus yards or more, the Rams have 15 currently, mm. all passing plays. Last year, we finished 32nd. 32 the, out of? I think 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 32. Yikes. We were dead last last year in 2016 of plays over 20 yards. Right now, we're in first uh, with 15. So so we're in first, and that, we're in first for most uh, points in the NFL. Like, Pets baffled. Pets heads are falling off. <laughs> No, we're doing great, man, and it, 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 we're on the hype train, choo-choo, right now, and that's 100%, and I get that, right? Everyone at home is saying, calm down, boys, but you know what? While we're here, we got to be talking about it. we got to be hyping up our team. So, LA Rams looking really good. Uh, we kind of keep peeking behind us because we have the Arizona Cardinals game and the Dallas Cowboys on, and it's 14-7 uh, to 7 right now. Cardinals have the ball. Uh, but they're down in the third quarter. I want to talk to you a little bit about this because the fun thing about this game is it's kind of a uh, dual scouting right. game for us, right? So looking at it, we've got the Cowboys next. Obviously, we play the Cardinals pretty soon. We're going across the pond to play them. Um, by the way, if you ever if you haven't noticed, anytime I talk about games in London, I always have to say across the pond. It's a big old pond. It's it's just the way I go. Um, so we got we got to go across the pond to, to play the Arizona Cardinals. It's a weird division. So a game. team that's an hour and a half away on yeah. the plane, we have to go eight, nine hours to play them. Basically, so at I wanna, least we're both we'll both be tired before this game ends. Right now, like I said, it's fourteen to seven. Uh, it's been kind of a eh, pretty much ugly offensive game. Dallas is kind of in the lead with not very impressive stats. Would you like to see Dallas? lose this game and you know they've lost two in a row rams going to you know down to dallas to play them or would you like to see mentally them win the game and have the rams go in and face them and they're they're building off some confidence do you think that matters to to the players or or what 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 are you rooting for to end this because obviously it would be nice if the cowboys would pull it off and the rams would then be in sole possession of the nfc west but at the same time maybe if the cardinals Pull it off and, uh, you know, really take a little gut check out of the Cowboys and we come in and just continue the beat down. But what are your thoughts? I mean, who are you rooting for here and, and, and why? So that's a really good question because it's like, would I rather the Rams, you know, be dominating the West right now and know that um, they potentially handle the Cardinals no problem? Or uh, I, I tell you, going into this game before I'm seeing any of these stats, I was a little worried that the Cowboys would look pretty strong against Arizona and then, then we would have to go face them at home and try to really prove ourselves against mm-hmm. a pretty solidified team. Um, having said that, the good news is looking, you know, we're in the third quarter and it's 14-7. Talk about low-scoring games. Yeah. There hasn't been too much production on either side. My biggest worry facing Dallas is is Zeke. Um, because we all know that our rush defense has been hurting lately. So I am rooting for Dallas to lose in this game uh, only because, you know, I want to go into them. I want to go into that game feeling confident. Um, And, you know, right now, which is a good stat for the Rams, Arizona, according to the halftime stats, has doubled the time of possession uh, currently on the offensive side. So I hope that the Rams can kind of still own those numbers too. Definitely. And the, and the funny thing, when we look back to last week against the Niners, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm pretty sure the Niners controlled the time of possession. But while we had the ball, we were dangerous, moving the ball, scoring points. So, you know, if you want to hold on to the ball all day and, and lose, go for it. We're going to take our time and we're going to go score and, and, you know, pop them off quick. 
But it is interesting to see as far as the Arizona Cardinals go and matching this game up and trying to really figure out where we stand versus you know, how this matchup's going next week. Um, the Cardinals did play the Colts last week. They beat them, but it was an overtime 16-3. Really ugly game. They lost their first game of the season to the Lions um, by almost 14 points or so. Uh, so kind of looking at how this team is matching up against the Cowboys and where we have kind of played our first three weeks, uh, you know, I'm feeling good about where we were. When I first looked at the schedule, this was the first game I circled and said, uh-oh, this is, where, <laughs> this is where we get checked, right? We yep. have the first three That's games right. of the week, uh, of the year, and if we can get through there and be 2-1, and one, which is exactly what I said, if we can get through and be 2-1 and one, and go into this game, it's a winnable game for us. Um, you know, Hopefully we set ourselves up to, to run the gauntlet down the stretch because we've got a lot of interesting games coming up. And then we'll go into the Seahawks. Yep. You know, 3-1. Seahawks offense has just been looking well. Well, Most, I mean, it's mostly. it's mostly bad, but then when you looked at your fantasy and, and Russell Wilson had 50-something points, and you're like, what? Well, the first half of that game was pretty sad. It was I pretty was sad, and a lot of Wilson those... was on my bench, but then when I saw yeah, he had 51 points... A lot of desperation points there, but yeah. I'm feeling good regardless. Um, like you said, it's a low-scoring game. We'll see how this thing ends up. By the time we finish this, it's already going to be over, so uh, who knows what truly will be there. So by the time this game is over... Uh, we're going to be long gone from here. So, you know, we'll update you tomorrow on what happens. So either we're in the top of the NFC by ourselves alone or we're going to go to a Dallas Cowboys team that has lost two in a row and hopefully just put them in the dirt, man. Yeah. I'm, You know, Cowboys are one of those teams like the Raiders who, if you're not a fan of them, everyone else around you hates them. So mm-hmm. I think we're going to have the rest of the nation cheering for us to America's kind of put them. America's team. Yeah, America's yeah, team. On. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Speaking of America's team, realist side note, Jerry Jones took a knee at the 50-yard line today. Is that what I heard? He did, yeah. I uh, saw okay. images of it. So he, he looks like he need with the team. They were trying to make a statement. Um, good for him. Good for him. Well, James, we're kind of going to wrap up here. Um, this week, guys, I want to tell you a couple more times. We've got uh, the Dallas Lockdown Podcast. We're going to do a cross-promo with him and talk a little bit more about what's coming up in the matchup. Uh, tomorrow I'll dive a little bit deeper. Uh, we kind of talked more a little bit about the Rams today. So I'll dive a little bit deeper into that matchup, maybe things that are happening with the Rams, news, updates, analysis, player, stats, whatever you want. Hit me up at LA underscore Rambling Bear. Don't forget to follow my guy over here. What are you, man? What's your, what's, tell them where you find him. At Kroger 3 I made it up a long time ago. Oh, man. It's my first initial with my last name. Yeah, it was like... And also at Rams Podcast. Always hit us up there. But you'll find me. All right. You'll find me if you want. It was like when you first got your AOL account, and you're like, well, this is my name and my birthday. James One. It's my name and my birthday. It's taken. (laughs) James One's taken. All right, guys. um, Hit us up on social media. Obviously, you know by now, this is a daily podcast. So if you got things you want me to talk about... Uh, I need some fillers, so let me know. Let me know. If you got someone you know that wants to come on and talk, you know someone I should be interviewing, uh, hit me up. Again, I mentioned it earlier in the show when James was dropping his pro football focus stats. But go leave me a review on pro football focus. Uh, Put your Twitter name, and we're picking winners weekly. I'm waiting for the first winner. And if we pick you, you get a subscription to pro football focus. I'm telling you right now, me and James are diving in there. It's almost too much info. Uh, in a good way. But, uh, guys, I appreciate you listening as always. Hit us up on Twitter, on Instagram, anything you can hit us up. But until next time, Rams Nation, peace.
Is Democracy in Danger or Decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.